be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Anniversary Sunday. Today, as you know, we are commemorating the 96th anniversary of the founding of Emmanuel Congregation and the 52nd anniversary of the dedication of our church to the glory of God. 1874. Emmanuel came into existence. Emmanuel has had only five pastors. The Reverend M.C. Hecht organized it, followed by the Reverend Louis Nicholas, followed by the Reverend William Stellhorn, followed by the Reverend James Schillinger, and then your present pastor. It, it was in the ministry of Reverend Schillinger that this building was erected back in 1900. 18. And on this second Sunday in September, there aren't very many of you still alive who made that tremendous and glorious walk from the old church over on East Columbia, coming down Columbia and up Prospect Street, and you came into this sanctuary and you sang the song we sang this morning, coming into, again, his gates with thanksgiving, all thy gates of beauty. I don't know if you realize it or not, but of all the pastors who participated in those festival services back in 1918, Pastor Basler is the only one who is still alive today. And so we say, here it is the passing of time. But as we say to ourselves, 96 years old as a congregation of 52 years we have spent worshiping in this sanctuary, it's good at times on Anniversary Sunday to stop and to do some thinking and some serious thinking about the church. This morning it's a good time to stop and say, why the church? Why should we perpetuate the church? Why should we continue it? What does the church really have to offer? And there are those in the world who are saying that the church is dead, or that we have no use for the church, we have no need of it. It's well to stop and say, what are we perpetuating? Why are we keeping this thing alive? 96 years now, we're going on 97. What's the idea? What does the church really have to offer, if anything? Does it have something worthwhile? And I think, Christian friends, when Anniversary Sunday comes, we ask ourselves that great question, what does the church have to offer to give? It's good to go back and let Jesus Christ answer that question for us. And I think of an answer he gave once. He was up on the Sea of Galilee. It was in the early years of his ministry, and he spoke a very simple parable. And he said this one day to those who were there at the sea listening to him. He said, the kingdom of God, or the church, he said, is like a merchant man that goes out, he says, seeking goodly pearls and when he finds the pearl of great price he sells all that he has and he buys it and so if anyone would ask you and me this morning what does the church have to give Jesus says the church has to give the pearl of great price it has to give a precious treasure it has to give to this world a supreme treasure a treasure that is incomparable, the pearl of great price. It has to give a treasure that is second to none, a treasure that can never be topped in this world. 
And if you and I ask this morning, what is the pearl of great price? What is this supreme treasure? It's very simple. You and I say, why the pearl of great price, the treasure that the church has to give, is Jesus Christ. He is the pearl of great price. He is the supreme treasure. He is that incomparable treasure that cannot be compared with any other treasure on earth. He is that treasure that tops anything in this world. You and I may stop and say, well, I know we hear that in church on Sunday, but is that true? Is he, therefore, the pearl of great price? Is Christ such a supreme treasure? And we may say to ourselves, if he is, why is it that everybody doesn't flock to him? How does it come that there aren't millions beating at the door of the church and saying, we want this Christ who is the pearl of great price, the incomparable treasure? We may say, if he is, the incomparable treasure, if he is that supreme treasure, second to none that can't be topped, if he is the pearl of great price, then he surely ought to give us joys and blessings that are second to none. Well, then we may stop and say, just what does Christ in the church, who is the pearl of great price, you say, just what does he give us as regards joy? Just what supreme joy or blessings, if he is the pearl of great price, does he give you and me? And you know, that's a good thing to think about this morning on Anniversary Sunday. And I'd like to answer that on the basis of the Word of God. We say, what does the church have to offer? Why the church has to offer Jesus Christ, the pearl of great price, the supreme treasure, second to none. It can never be topped. He, Jesus Christ, because he in the church gives you and me supreme joys that can be found nowhere else on earth that can never be topped. And in the first place, I'd like to mention this as a supreme joy. Christ, who is the pearl of great price in his church, he gives us this supreme joy, the joy of regeneration in baptism. Can you top the joy that comes to you and me because we have been baptized? This morning, if we could line up every one of Emmanuel from 1874 in the churches, first of all up on North State Street and over on Columbia here. If we could just line up and see that army coming to the font of Emmanuel for baptism, bringing children, what a sight it would be in 96 years. And as well to say, what happens in baptism? What is a joy? You mean to say that there is a joy that is given us in baptism that is second to none and that can't be topped? The Word of God reminds you and me that all of us come into this world born and dead in sin. We come into this world not even knowing God. We come into this world with an inclination toward evil, with rotten hearts, with evil desires. We are not born Christians, and yet the Word of God says that baptism is a washing of regeneration, that we are born again in baptism by water and the Spirit, and that Christ, who therefore is the pearl of great price, 
on the day of your baptism and mine, when we were infants and didn't realize it, he came into your heart and mine. He forgave us our original sin. He forgave us the guilt and condemnation of sin, and he put a living faith in your heart and mine, even though we were not conscious of it, and gave us life and salvation. I challenge you, you name me, a greater, more stupendous joy than the joy of regeneration. And how many thousands have there been in the 96 years of history of this congregation who can look back to their baptism and say, this was the supreme gift, the supreme joy. I was born again. I became a child of God. The great pearl of great price gave me himself. He forgave me, gave me life and salvation. You say that Jesus is the pearl of great price. What does the church have to offer? The church has to offer Jesus Christ, who is the supreme treasure. He is the treasure that can't be topped. He is the treasure that stands second to none because he gives joys that are second to none in the church. And I'd like to mention in the second place this, that Christ, who is the pearl of great price in the church, he gives us the joy of realizing that to be saved is the grandest blessing we have, and he gave that especially to you and me on the day of confirmation, 1874. If we could just line them up from 1874, and we could see them as they stood at Emmanuel's altar on the day of confirmation. When days of confirmation came, we came back to the church again, didn't we? And we were trained in the catechism, and we learned to know more about Jesus Christ. We stood at the manger in Bethlehem at Christmas, and we learned that he was God's son who loved us and came out of the ivory palaces and became a human being born of the Virgin Mary. And in catechism, we stood at the cross and we began to understand that he died for us. And then we stood at the open tomb and we saw that he arose again from the dead. And on that day of confirmation, when we rededicated ourselves to him, and how many thousands have since 1874, what was the joy that was second to none? As I look back on my confirmation day, as many of you do, wasn't it this? Did you ever feel the assurance of salvation and the joy of it like you did on confirmation? In my ministry, I have had a number say to me when they were ill, you know, Pastor, I wish that I could have died on my confirmation day because that day the joy of being saved, the joy of having Christ, it was something that I shall never forget. It was something that has remained near and dear to me. And if you and I can say on the day of confirmation, when we pledged allegiance to him, the pearl of great price, that this was the joy, it was, again, the world could never give it. It's second to none to say, oh, to know that I belong to him, to know that I am saved unto eternal life. That joy, again, you can't top that. And yet we say to ourselves, what does the church have to offer the world today? And Jesus would say that he is the pearl of great price. He is the incomparable treasure in the church. He is that treasure that is supreme. He stands alone. It's second to none. There isn't any treasure that can top him because he reminds you and me that being that supreme treasure, he gives you and me supreme joys. 
that the world could never dream of giving, joys that simply can't be topped. We may say, what are they? Why, this Christ who is, again, the pearl of great price also assures us that in church he gives us this joy, the joy of importance when the day of baccalaureate came. How many of us, when we finished high school, we came back to the church and we wanted a message from the Word of God. We wanted some of the joy from this pearl of great price. This one who stands alone, who is the supreme treasure in the church, and in essence, what did he tell you and me? On the day of baccalaureate, when we had finished our high school training, the world lay before us in our lives. Wasn't it this? There came this tremendous joy of how important you and I really are. He reminded you and me that we are not just the products of luck and of chance and of faith that we were thrown into this world without any rhyme or reason and here we are to eke out an existence and that life doesn't mean anything. On that day, the pearl of great price said, you are important. I give you the joy of importance. You are the most important person on earth. I have given you your talents and abilities, and there's no one in the world quite like you. You have talents and abilities that no one else has. I have given them to you because I would assure you, you are important to me. I've got a purpose in life for you. I've got a plan. I've got a reason why I have given you life. Can you top the sense of importance of that Christ, the pearl of great price, gave us on the day of baccalaureate when we said, I am important in his sight. No one is more important than I. He has plan. He has purpose for my life. There is a reason, and he needs me. There is something that I can do that no one else can do quite like I can do it. Then you and I to be able to look at life and to say, there's a reason why I'm alive. Some little thing that I may do, some deed of kindness, some word of cheer, perhaps a glass of cold water to a sick person, there is something I can do that no one else can do quite like I can do. This is again a tremendous joy. The world could never give you and me that sense of importance. But we came. Oh, if we could line up all of Emmanuel's young folks from baccalaureates, they would say, yes, he is the pearl of great price. He has, again, tremendous value. And he is the one who is second to none. He is the great treasure. This is what the church gives. And the church, therefore, gives me this joy. I don't care what others think about me or how small they may look at me and humble me. In the sight of the Lord of the church, I am the most important person on earth, and others are equally important. I challenge you. You find a greater joy than that. Jesus you say, what does the church have to offer? Why the church? Why do we perpetuate it? Why do we continue it? Why are we celebrating Anniversary Sunday 96 years? Why are we looking forward to 97 or 53 in the sanctuary? What does the church have to give? 
Christ would remind you and me that the church has him to give, the pearl of great price, the supreme treasure, because he gives supreme joys and supreme blessings. He in the church, you say, what blessings? He gives you and me in the church not only the joy of regeneration at baptism, not only the joy of salvation on the day of confirmation, not only the joy of importance on the day of baccalaureate, but oh, he also gives you and me this joy, the joy of his presence on the day of marriage. Oh, if we could go back to 1874 and read the list of the marriages that have taken place in this congregation the last 96 years, wouldn't it be a sight if we could see them lined up? And we say, why? Why did they come for the blessing of the church? What does the church give? Do you know of any joy that can top the joy of Jesus' presence? His first miracle, you know, he went to Cain of Galilee to a wedding feast when he changed water into wine, when he blessed the home. You and I may say, what does Christ give that the world could never dream of giving? What is the joy, the blessing that he the supreme treasure gives when we invite him into our home by his presence to have him. What is it that makes the home where Jesus is invited to be the head, where he is the unseen guest at every meal? You and I say, why, the home with him, it's a little bit of heaven on earth. It's something like the Garden of Eden where our first parents, Adam and Eve, live. It is a foretaste of something like heaven will be. But we say to ourselves, what is heaven like? Why, heaven is something like a Christian home where Christ, the pearl of great Christ, lives. The atmosphere, the warmth, where the great in the home becomes small, and the small in the home become great. And where there is love toward one another, a love that aims for the salvation of everybody in the home, and a love that so treats one another, a little bit of heaven on earth. And yet men say, we don't need the church. What does the church have to offer? What does it give? And Christ would remind you and me that the church has him to give. The pearl of great price. The pearl of pearls. The treasure supreme. The treasure incomparable. Second to none. Could never be taught. That home where Christ. And oh, how many marriages have we had? Ninety-six years since 1918. Fifty-two in this sanctuary. Anniversary Sunday, what does the church have to give? No, some may look at it and they may scoff at it and may laugh at it and say it doesn't have anything to give. It's dead, it's passe. Uh, again, it's a fifth wheel, it isn't necessary. But oh, the merchant man, when he found the pearl of great price, he went so low that he had life for joy. Oh, I, I, this is what I want. This was... The thing that gave him joy had the pearl of great price. You say, what does he do? Christ, the pearl of great price, who is the gift supreme in the church, he gives you and me 
this joy supreme, the joy of Christ's likeness in our faith and in our life and our every Sunday attendance at church. Strange how the church comes into your life and mine, the day of our baptism, the day of our confirmation, the day of the baccalaureate, the day of our marriage. But how about just every Sunday? Wouldn't it be a picture if we could turn back to 1874 and look at the long line of Emmanuel's members who at the call of their soul found themselves in God's faith without fail? Unless there was illness, unless there was something that God did to prevent them, they found their place in God's house. You and I would say, I wonder what the call of the soul was. I wonder what joy they found. We may say it with a feeling of guilt and may say, I don't find such joy in church. And could it be that we have missed three Sundays in a row and that's all it takes to commit spiritual suicide? It can all be gone in three weeks that perhaps after three Sundays we'll never come back again because something died within us. What is there at the call of the soul that brings people to God's house? What is there about this pearl of great price that thrills the soul? Isn't it this, oh, that some of us find a Christ-likeness in our Christian faith? How many times have we said, oh, I don't feel like going to church today, but oh, we've gotten up and we came anyway, and then when we walked out, we said, thank God I came. Christ spoke to me this morning like he hasn't spoken to me in years. He must have had me in mind. How many of us have come and said, oh, I have learned to be Christ-like in regard to temptation, when we were fighting temptation, being tempted and inviting to do that which we know is wrong, and oh, it seemed so great that we just felt like we had to do it even though it was wrong, and we came to church and we saw that this pearl of great price made us Christ-like and gave us the strength to say, no, it's wrong, it's wrong, I dare not do that which is wrong, and we again had the joy of strength. Or the storm clouds were over our house, and we came into church, and he, the pearl of great price, gave us strength for the day, assuring us of his love. And again we wondered about food and clothing and shelter, and we came into his house, and he made us Christ-like in our faith, in a childlike faith, and we let loose. And we really let him. We just got off of that tension and we, oh, we just breathed the sigh and we just laid ourselves on him. You know any joy like that? You can't find that any place on earth except in Jesus Christ, in his church. It can't be taught. Oh, to be just so relieved, to be Christ-like in our faith and then in our life to come into God's house and suddenly to be Christ-like as a result of what he has done for us, that he died for us and saved us from hell and damnation, and then to have the joy of 
all of appreciation to sit in church some Sunday and say, Christ loved me when I didn't love him. A joy of concern that we love him with an everlasting love and we say, therefore, I must show this love. It's got to come out. I've got to show it in concern for my fellow man. How many of us this morning, when you heard me mention that a week from tomorrow night we begin the adult lectures, how many of us said, I've got Christ, the pearl of great price. He lives in me. I am Christ's life. I shall never be able to thank him enough that he has given me the joy of salvation. And therefore I must. His love constrains me. I've got to be at those lectures. There's some in my life that I know people, and I want to share Christ with them. They don't know this pearl of great price. I want to bring them in contact with the Word of God. I want, because I love them with an everlasting love to us, I want them to share heaven with me. How many of you said this morning, Christ, who is the pearl of great price, means so much to me that I'm going to be there a week from Monday night, but I've got to come on my knees, even if I come alone. This is the joy he gives. This is what the world needs. We're hearing so much about love. We're hearing that men are telling us to love who have despised Jesus Christ, who talk from a mattress when they live in immorality and they've thrown away everything that is decent and telling us we're supposed to love. You and I look at that kind of love and we say that kind of love is self-gratification. That kind of love is nothing but exotic, erotic, sexual love. That kind of love is nothing but selfish love. That love isn't going to save this world when that kind of love makes men hate the church and hate Jesus Christ. That isn't the kind of love you're going to have to have a love for fellow man that is motivated by the pearl of great price. Oh, God pity this world if the pearl of great price should pass from the church. God pity it. It wouldn't be safe and it wouldn't be worth living because this pearl of great price he brings you and me the joy of Christ's likeness in faith and in our life every day in concern in Christian love. It means we want all men saved and we treat them that way. This is what makes life worth living. This is what the church gives any decent thing that we have in the world has come because the church has the pearl of great price. And you and I say, you mean that he gives joy second to none? Oh, yes. Because, again, this Christ who is the pearl of great price in the church, he gives us this supreme joy that you can't top, and it's the joy of blessed assurance in the Lord's Supper. Where on earth can you find a joy that can't be topped like we have in the Lord's Supper. Every year since 1918, on the second Sunday in September, we have celebrated the Lord's Supper. Have you and I ever really drunk in the joy 
the joy supreme, the blessing supreme. Oh, we sin every day, and you and I say the things that I don't want to do, I do, and the things that I ought to do, I don't do. And we ask God for forgiveness every day, and then there comes this doubt in a weak faith, and we say, am I really forgiven? Does God really forgive? Am I really saved? And then the Lord of the church says, Again, I am the pearl of great price. You come to my sacrament. And he puts up signs, you know. He said, no angels allowed. No angels. Anybody that's an angel here, don't you come. Because it isn't for angels. You see, this is only for sinners. This is only for those who are groping. Who, again, who have a faith that is just like a broken reed. The stem is broken. And it's so weak, it's just holding on. And you and I say, oh, how could he save me? Or like a smoking flax. There's no fire, just a little bit of smoke. This is what it's for. And he says, you come on. And you come and I'll give you this joy. I'll give you a little piece of bread and a little wine. And this little bread and wine, I assure you, will convey to you my body and my blood. It will convey me to you. My body and my blood that I gave in sacrifice on Calvary. And this is the grandest assurance, second to none, that I have for giving you. I've washed your soul whiter than snow. I have made you sinless in my sight. You're forgiven. You're saved. Just as surely as you saw the bread and the wine and you partook of it, I challenge you. Where do you find anything so tremendous, such a joy that is second to none than in the church? This is Anniversary Sunday. You and I, I don't care who you are, what you are, how weak your faith or mine, what horrible things may be on your soul. I do know this, but standing here at this altar this morning, you and I can say, I know that I'm saved. I've got his body and blood. If I'm not saved, nobody's saved. This is a joy second to none because the church has the pearl of great Christ, don't forget it. Then this pearl of great price, this treasure second to none, the supreme treasure, he assures us that in church he gives us sweet comfort when death comes to our house. 1874. Oh, if we could go back to the records and we'd start in 1874, we begin to read the names in memory. What a list. What a list. I, in my ministry, I've had over 1,200 funerals as pastor of Emmanuel, and three coming this week already. We look at the line of those that have gone before. We say to ourselves, what is the sweet comfort second to none that the pearl of great price gives that the world could never dream of giving. Oh, we come back to Jesus, don't we, when death comes and takes a loved one that we've loved more than life. And the Christ, who is the great treasure, he tells you and me, don't weep. Don't weep tears of hopelessness. Oh, cry to be sure, cry your buckets of tears, but not tears of hopelessness. Then he assures you, and they 
fought the battle and they've won. You don't want them back. No, do you want them back to get sick and die all over again? And Jesus says, they fought. They've held on to me. They've won the prize. Oh, you don't want them back. You're lonely. Sure, you're lonely. But I will give you this joy. I'll give you the joy of a heavenly homesickness. I'll give you this joy. Whenever you think of heaven, you will think of your Lord and of your loved ones, those that have gone on ahead and have gained the victory. Jesus says, I'll give you this joy. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And oh, the joy of heavenly homesickness, when all that matters is to be with our Lord. Do you know of any joy that's greater than that? And oh, we are surrounded and encompassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, those that have gone on from Emmanuel and Christ and have won the victory. They shout to you and me in Christ, Come on, Mom! Come on, Dad! Don't be afraid. Come on and smile through your tears. Don't cry tears of hopelessness. We've gained the victory. Come on, they stand with a great cloud of witnesses. Come on, are you weeping for your wife or your husband or your son or your daughter? Those who have gained the victory in Christ, they shall come on. Let there be smiles through your tears. And oh, what a joy. We find it in church, don't we? We say the church dead, the church done for, the church has nothing to offer, oh God. Where would you and I be when death comes to a loved one if we didn't have the church, if we couldn't have the pearl of great price come to you and me and say, lift up your heart. They've gone on. They have won the victory. This is the church and oh what surprises to be united with our loved ones and sometimes even in my own way I wonder what surprises there be to be with our Christ and with our loved ones and I by the grace of God hope to get there and sometimes I wonder if I'll look around in the new heaven and the new earth whether my old faithful dogs, Laddie and Punkin, might not be there too. You see, he's a, he's a great God. And on anniversary Sunday then, when we say, why the church? What does the church have to offer? Well, thank God, that's why he's the pearl of great price. He gives you and me joys that, again, only Zion's children know we can walk the glory road and we can look at him 
smiling through our tears and we can say, Oh God, how great thou art. How great thou art. How great thou art. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Thank you.